Hello, hello, hello. Cult Leader Ryan here. And today we're going to be talking about, we're going to have a little chat about Web3 ethos and ultimately what I want it to be, what I think it is, and maybe how we're going to get there. Enjoy the show. For my folks who are new to this wild world of Web3 and cryptocurrency, what is Web3? So I think the best intro to how to understand Web3 is what is Web2? So Web2 is what in the last 20 years has been developed in terms of the internet, social media, um, creator economy, influencer economy, all those type of things. And a lot of that was funded through advertisement. Web3 is the evolution of Web2 into using blockchain technology to create community, to create value, and so forth. So it gets a little bit confusing because all these terms are super new, but crypto is being rebranded as Web3 um, in a lot of ways. So it kind of m- is important to understand like what when we're talking about Web3, what are we talking about? And when I say Web3 ethos, it is a little bit confusing because, you know, like how does something so new have uh, an ethos? How does something so new have like a perspective or a vibe? Um, but it does. And I think it's really important to speak and define what that ethos is. And Web2, the ethos of Web2 has been really defined by cishet white men. They were the ones who were in the room who built these things, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Most of the infrastructure of Web2 was built by a certain type of person. And the ethos from Web2 was dictated by them. In Web3, a lot of the Web2 ethos was transferred over, but Web3, a lot of the energy originated from people like, they call them degenerates or, you know, uh, crypto punks, which is, um, don't fully know, but a group of people who are like about, you know, hacking and, um, you know, trying to subvert like general governance. So like... U.S. governance, um, organized like governance, that type of stuff. So there is interesting history in Web three that gives it give it gives it an edge. So, what does that mean, and where does that leave us? Well, it leaves us with this really nuanced, complicated, evolving thing that is Web three, um, and I think that. In Web3, there needs to be a lot of thought leadership because at the end of the day, if Web2 was built by a certain group of people and they have all the skill set and the knowledge to build Web3, then will Web3 be different than Web2? My answer to that question is no. So I am really trying to be intentional in getting into the space and pushing the boundaries of what Web3 means. So let's get into what the 
perspectives on the surface are in Web3 and what's actually happening under the surface. So now that we kind of maybe have a better understanding of what Web3 is, again, all this stuff is already new, so bear with me. Let's talk about what people on the surface, on like crypto Twitter and in different communities around Web3 say that Web3 is. And then I'll get into in the next section what I believe is actually happening and what I think we need to change to make what verbally people are saying actually happen. So in Web3, people claim that there is this enhanced egalitarianism, enhanced equity and opportunity. People claim that Web3 is different than Web2 because the technology, blockchain technology, incentivizes things differently. So instead of incentivizing exploitation, extraction, it incentivizes community and regenerative economy. Now, it's an interesting claim, but I have my doubts. And as someone who wants to get into Web3 full-time, it's interesting that, you know, the ethos that I've been sold, I'm not fully convinced is actually true. But let's keep going into what Web3 optically says it is. So in addition to that, people say that Web3 will be a way for those who are not economically empowered to become economically empowered. They say that the technology will change traditional finance, will change traditional governance, will change traditional corporate structuring, and allow people to gain value through the actual work they're doing. So there's a big mentality in crypto excuse me, in Web3, still transitions happening, um, in Web3 that if you do work and you pub- publicize it on Discord, on GitHub, on Twitter, whether that be you know more technical stuff like coding and development or more um, community-oriented stuff or organizing work or just like, you know, kind of influencer type stuff, then you will have your value realized within the space. So if you, you know, like me doing this podcast, if I do this podcast and I put it out there and I'm educating, then my value will be realized. And there's a lot of places that are trying to incentivize value through education and through people getting exposure to Web3. And there's a ton of um, really cool educational tools, um, one being like Rabbit Hole, um, and there's a few others. So that's kind of what people believe in terms of work. Now, it's interesting because DAOs or decentralized autonomous organizations, um, which in my opinion are just kind of like new age co-ops, but that's beside the point. Um, They're also trying to incentivize, see, we have these tokens, we can pay you, right? If you do this work for our community, then we see the value in it, then we will give you some of the tokens, we will value your work, you'll get compensated for it. So that is kind of the landscape that people say is happening. And that 
you know, in a lot of ways as like, you know, color blindness or identity blindness as who you are doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter what your identities are. It doesn't matter um, who you are in the real world, right? On Web3, all that matters is your work. And now this sounds a lot like, um, you know, the meritocracy, right? That if you do good work, your work will be valued, rewarded, and you will be lifted up. So now let's get into my critiques and what I think is really happening, which I think will be the bulk of this uh, podcast episode. Ooh, time for my favorite part, opinion. (laughs) So what is the reality on the ground, right? And I have some experience with this, right? I've been in Web3 crypto for two years um, from the jump, I was investing, but now I've gone heavily into like community management, organizing, kind of more influencer type stuff, which is like, oh, yikes. But um, my experience has not matched the ethos that Web3 claims to be, right? So what I actually see happening on the ground is the same people who built Web3 or the same identity group that built Web3 is using a veneer to claim that things are different without actually implementing that difference through the technology. Now, what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is if I go into Web3 as a marginalized person without opportunity, the claim is that if I do good work, then I will be successful and I will get opportunity. Now that sounds a lot like the American dream. Interesting. So there's these similarities to this idea that happens within American culture of like the meritocracy, right? If you do good work, you'll be rewarded. But based on empirical Um, research and just lived experience of a lot of marginalized folks, we know that's not true. So it's interesting that Web3 ethos on the surface is claiming these, you know, this, this radical future that is a meritocracy, true meritocracy through the implementation of a technology. Now, in my opinion, technology is a tool. It's not an inherent um, dictator of culture, Right. So if people building on technology have a certain perspective, then that technology will represent their perspective. So what is kind of happening on the ground, in my opinion, is almost like a replication of the gig economy, right? Where you are not well paid, you have to do a lot of hard work before you can you know, realize the value that you're offering. Now, this makes some sense in, in, the, in the scenario where, you know, maybe people don't know you, maybe, you know, you need to kind of prove that you're going to be a participant. But also, there's something to be said for the inherent value of people. And in Web3, you know, because it is claimed to be egalitarian, I would hope and assume that you know, people can be valued up front, 
right? That we understand as people, we all have value, we all have gifts, and we all have things to bring to the table. But there still is this expectation that, no, you have to prove yourself first. So there's this kind of like rumbling of inconsistency. And I've been talking with a lot of folks, other marginalized folks in Web3, and there's kind of a consensus forming that it's kind of lip service. And it reminds me of my DNI work in the corporate space where a lot of it was neutered. A lot of it was, oh yeah, we want inclusivity, we want diversity, we want egalitarianism, we want equity. But then when it came to push on the pavement, what happened wasn't those things. What happened was lip service that made people feel better. Right? Well, I feel like I am including people. I feel like I'm doing the work, but they weren't actually. Because the work takes resource. Now, who can get into Web3 at this point, right? People who know about it and who knows about it. What is the image of someone in Web3 or crypto? A lot of it is a white cishet man. So why do we have that perception? Why do I have that perception? Let's speak for myself. Because it's true. (laughs) Some things are simple. And that being true shows me that even though people say they want crypto to be different or Web3 to be different, it's not yet different. Because why would it be? If the people who created Web2 create Web3, it's not going to be different. It might look different. It might technically be different in terms of blockchain technology, in terms of like consensus mechanisms, in terms of like these more academic ideas. But in cultural practice, it's not going to be different, right? So that's disappointing. Ouch. That is upsetting to me because why don't people not only tell but show what they're about, right? Why don't they show that they're about making Web3 diverse and inclusive and different instead of telling me and telling others that it is? Because I think with, especially with millennials and Gen Zs, we have a sense of authenticity and truth. And especially marginalized, the marginalized folks within those two generational populations, like, as like a black queer person myself, I'm like, "Mm, I know better. I'm educated enough. I've lived enough to know this song and dance. And it's honestly a shame because the technology does have intrinsically in it, I believe, a different future. I think it has a lot of indigenous knowledge, not intentionally, but inadvertently, you know, the creators of this, which were a lot of white men, in in all of this, they kind of went back to a lot of indigenous practice, which is like, you know, community consensus and decentralization and, um, you know, community-driven, or, community-driven organizing and um, like mutual aid, like these concepts that were really very indigenous in nature um, before colonization. So it's ironic to me that we're kind of full circling, right? In the past like 500 years, we're coming to a full circle of like Web3. And 
it's going to take more than people just saying, we want this to be different for it to be different. And, you know, I think my concern is that unless there are leaders who know how to make something different, it won't be different. And I believe those leaders are me and other people that I've been meeting with in Web3 who are, a lot of them, women of color. And again, that is unsurprising historically in the last 500 years of who has innovated and led effective change across generations. So this is kind of now me getting into, you know, what can we do? So I'll put a pause here, maybe a little tune in between, and we'll get into, okay, so there clearly is a problem. Clearly Web3 is not actually valuing people in the way it should or not showing up in how it's building itself in a different way. So then what do we do? Okay. Solutions? We'll see. I'll start with what I have been doing. So one solution that I feel is if I get into Web3 full-time, there's another voice that is different. There's another voice that is historically contextualizing what's happening in Web3 and also calling out people or calling in people for not living by the values they preach. Now, there's a lot of money in crypto, right? In Web3, we're talking trillions of dollars. And yet, there's not enough money for people to say, hey, marginalized person, maybe we give you an opportunity. Maybe we search you out. Instead, there's a passive, oh, well, my friend, I know them, and we want them to be a part of this. And now we know, based on empirical studies again, that white cishet men mostly are friends with other white cishet men now why is that problematic it's problematic because then when that person who's leading that company invites his friend his friend looks like him and it's a compounding system that leads to delusion right well web3 is different Mm, don't think so and with the resources it has it could easily be affecting change and funding projects and doing these things that would make change meaningful, make meaningful change, excuse me. So what I am doing is the first, I mentioned getting into Web3, right? I will be there in the room and hopefully affect change. Second thing is I am doing community building, right? So um, Claire, who started Web3 Baddie, she's the originator, I joined pretty early. I was maybe the second or third person. Um, and I have been like leading that community as well with her and others. Um, and the whole point of what 3 Bounties is to make a space, a social space, a social club for marginalized folks within Web3 to share information, share knowledge, share resources, um, and to hopefully change Web3 and make it put its money where its mouth is. Right? If this is all about egalitarianism, if this is all about inclusivity, if this is about changing the system, then fund the change. Right? Fund women of color, fund queer people, fund trans people, fund the intersection of all those things. Right? Fund disabled people. So, Web3 Baddies, the mission and vision is to create a space that is safe for those to learn and educate themselves about Web3 in an accessible way. Plus, increasing DNI within Web3 
And, you know, I have some experience in that. So that's why I think I've been, you know, really passionate about helping lead the community. And also I'm passionate about regenerative economy and giving value to others and valuing people correctly and not extracting wealth from others just because you're a leader. So um, those are two things that I'm doing. And the last thing, again, like this is kind of the first, but being present on Twitter and speaking my truth, speaking my mind, which is scary and, you know, could have consequences, but I feel is important for people to see because if people see it and, you know, they see, you know, black queer trans person talking about their experience in Web3 and it's counter to what they believe Web3 is, then maybe they'll do something. Most likely not, but maybe. So another kind of piece of this is like the economics, right? So a solution is actually funding people in a legitimate way. So not just saying, okay, I'll pay you part-time, but making a lot of full-time roles, um, making sure that people have health insurance and you know retirement accounts, all these things that are critical to the longevity under the kind of capitalist system we live in, these things need to be paramount, first and foremost, in these spaces, or only the most privileged economically, not only you know racially, but economically, privileged people will be able to participate. And again, because the system we live in, those who are most privileged economically are white people, are men, are cis people, are straight people. So we, we're in a conundrum, right? Again, like this is the very historical continuation of the systems that have been built over the last few hundred years. So, I mean, this is not a surprise to me, and I don't think it's a surprise to anybody who's kind of, you know, aware of these things. Um, but again, the issue is those who are making most of these protocols are the same people in Web 2. So there's this kind of race against time to educate and skill up marginalized folks and get them into Web3, which is why I think Web3 bias is so critical. Because if you don't have an entry point and you have all these gay chads being like, oh, do you even know how to do this? And challenging and questioning one's intelligence um, and ability. Or, or, or slash and... You don't feel like you are seen represented or the technology is is for you, then some then those people aren't gonna show up. So I see it as like a race against time in a lot of ways because you know we need people in this space who have different perspectives to be building and thinking and leading and talking and gathering and manifesting a different world. And now, like, I want to talk about, maybe in the future, um, how I think the economics of Web3 are very, very similar to the economics of the world that we kind of all exist in, which is, again, sad. But, again, unsurprising. So maybe in a future episode, we'll talk about like the economic alignment of Web3. But 
if you're going to take anything away from this little podcast, this little kind of chat we're having, um, I would say that tread carefully because Web3, while full of potential, is not what it may seem. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed. <laughs> that was a little just, little, 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 you know, just a little thing we did. Um, and hopefully I'm going to do these weekly, maybe monthly. I said that last episode, but um, I really do want a place that feels warm and loving and kind and welcoming to further what we can do, which is come to this space together, support each other, and generate resources to then further support and bring in each other and really do some radical community building work. So thank you for listening. And I hope you have a lovely rest of your day or sleep or whatever is coming next. Talk to you later. <laughs>